with another podcast. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a shit show. I'll just say it right off the bat. <laughs> Scott's in a hotel. BJ's in a hotel. Rob is tired from pumping dolls all day. Okay. So, mm, this is. We'll see. Are how you this choking? Goes. I am not choking. Okay, good. We might be choking on this podcast here shortly, though. Rob's gonna be like, "Did he say joking or choking?" Because I know what to do. I can do both. Who's choking around? No, no, no. Settle down. Joking. Oh. Okay. What's up, gents? What's up? So I guess Scotty's in Virginia. BJ's in Michigan. Jersey. Oh, Jersey. Steve's in Colorado, and I'm in Idaho. Man, we're covering it, baby. Did you get some snow? Did you get some snow, Robbie? Uh, it snowed for a little bit, but it changed over to rain. We had rain oh. for like four days straight. Mm. We've had snow and cold temperatures for four goddamn days. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. It was beautiful. It was beautiful when I left this morning. Let's get to Lynchburg. It's 75% humidity and I'm sticky and moist. Moist. Yeah. Humidity moist. does make a lot of things moist that shouldn't be moist all day long. Hashtag moist. Yeah. Not liking it. But it's only like 60 degrees, so it's not like hot and moist. Just moist. Just moist. Yeah, That's dude, good. We've had, a, we've had a shit ton of rain on the East Coast. I mean, back home, we got, you know, Pittsburgh area, we got like five inches of snow Friday, and then it's been straight rain ever since for four days. So on my drive out here, our creeks were high and muddy as all get out, so. Looks like you guys have been getting some flooding and shit back there, too, huh? Yeah, I'd say, dude, I talked to people in Atlanta today. Tennessee's a shit show. Um, I mean, everything east of the Mississippi is pretty much blown out and muddy and fucked. <laughs> well, that's what the nice thing is about being uh, where we are in uh, in Colorado on the divide is we're at the high point. So all you motherfuckers at either end are dealing with a bunch of flooding and we're just like, we're playing in the snow. Woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> snow day. And then we, I got friends over up, up in the Northwest that are posting pictures of street signs and you can only see the top three inches of it. And there's fucking salmon rolling across the street and shit. There's cars that are all the way up to the tops of their windows underwater. It's crazy. No, thanks. Crazy. No, thanks. Yeah, but how are those uh, lift lines in in Colorado right now? <laughs> That's my question. Seven inches of fucking fresh pow, man. Yeah, yeah. Almost three hey, feet. People were you gonna t- go. You too can wait four hours to make three runs. It'll be a you great day. Thank you for your one hundred and twenty dollars for a fucking lift ticket. Here's your three <laughs> runs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're probably about right. I mean, three or four rooms is about all you're going to get when the lines are that big. Jesus. Dude, that shit was insane to me. So, and listen, our shit out here ain't any cheaper anymore. I mean, my home, you know, I grew up snowboarding until probably about five or six years ago because it just got too ridiculous. Um, My home mountain's like $90 for a freaking full day lift pass and we're only talking about like 750 800 900 feet of freaking elevation so it's uh (laughs) yeah it's a freaking miserable scenario here too so i just fish in the winter you get like 30 or 40 runs in oh yeah you can yeah it's like 
two minutes and get back on the lift and ride it for 15. <laughs> I like it. I like it because most of those people out there, BJ, are wearing blue jeans to go skiing yes, in. That too. Yeah. <laughs> if that happened in Colorado, people would be like, what? Are you from Texas? Oh, they'd fucking beat their ass. These are yeah, uh, they are moisture wicking blue jeans in the fact that they hold all the moisture in your outer layer and turn into a sheet of ice. <laughs> but they got long johns underneath of it, so they're they're yeah, they got literal long johns made of cotton that hold more water inside your fucking pants. Dude, I, I don't know why. I I just don't get it. I see people wearing jeans like under their waders. I'm like, oh my god, I. I did that one time because I didn't have any choice. Yeah. I just like showed up. I'm like, oh man, I forgot all my shit. And all I had was jeans. And dude, it was fucking miserable. Dude, I still wear the same shit. I, I was on a post, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago on one of the fishing groups. Somebody was talking about, you know, what do you wear in the winter? I wear the same shit that I bought fuck, 15 years ago when I worked in a ski shop. I mean, I got a pair of, uh, what the fuck are they called? Chilies or Willies, hot Willies. Red Chilies. Red, red Chilies. Red Chili underlayer, right? Moisture wicking underlayer. I got a pair of marker ski fleece pants that I rock. And that's it, dude. I have some, you know, that's it. And then I might wear a uh, some kind of a moisture wicking thicker shirt if I need to. But typically, my upper body stays way warmer so i wear a shell ja i buy shell jackets and layer underneath them because i'd rather get rid of shit than be stuck wearing some big ass fluffy down jacket that i'm sweating my nuts off and can't change anything about it so yeah i usually get I, I usually get too hot before i get too cold yep same here <laughs> well if you guys just read the uh the nice product review i did on the patagonia nano puff pants you would know what to buy i can't afford that shit where's that where's that at uh it's How on I... it's on uh it's going to be on hopefully patagonia's like website stuff here pretty soon it's on three rivers ranch outfitters.com right now eagle store hey, how do i get a pro oh, deal sell out oh my god no free ads <laughs> sell out. no free ads <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jesus you work for them, no free ads. Are they paying for this airplay right now? Because they, they, like, here's the deal: they pay me. Listen, the three enough. downloads last year, the three downloads last year in Kenya are very expensive from us. So, <laughs> I expect to be compensated. We are worldwide. I'm so. glad at least you're getting compensated for our time. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll talk to the rep and see what we could do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and if he tries to send me one of those Buffalo Patagonia hats, I will shit in it and send it right back. I'm going to need you guys' social security card number, your banking account, so they can just wire it straight into that. How about that? Okay. Dude, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I could wear something called Nano Puff. I, I like them. They're warm. Mm. You would warm. like them, Scotty. I had them when I was there. Oh, whatever. I, I did. I would. I mean, I, I'm sure I would, but I don't know. I just couldn't wear something that's called Nano Puff. <laughs> it's like the Powder Puff Girls. Right. Just on your legs. Power Puff. Yeah, Powder just puff. on your legs. <laughs> I will gladly take a sample uh, Patagonia yeah. puffy jacket to try out, though. There you go. They make them. They match the pants. 
That's what's really nice about I mean, it. If they send me, if they send me a pair, I'll try them on and maybe change my mind. But I'll try <laughs> them out. I'll go into the canyon where shit. Last time when we fished, it last time I fished it was 13 degrees when we got there. I didn't have any sort of fucking nano puff. I had I had some like target fucking sweatpants on and target <laughs> Target. Target, they're French. It says yeah. uh I was with like, oh crap, I forgot my fucking like insulated thermal whatever. And so I go, okay, you can wear mine. So I just wore my sweats. So uh, was- so Scott has some that says pink on the butt that he uh, puts yeah. on underneath his waders. <laughs> no, they say juicy. Juicy. Oh, yeah. But they're but they're Euro, so they're cool now. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have my European man satchel. <laughs> you can still be I tough and carry your stuff. My, I carry my check nymph rod in. Is a is it a man <laughs> satchel or is it a merce? You we can still be tough and carry your stuff. American? I mean, you got the Tenkara, like fucking Japanese, whatever stuff, like ancient Japanese secrets. And then we got all this Euro stuff. You got to do Euro stuff. What about fucking American? Do you know Five what American? Yeah. American you know what, nymphing, man. That's what I do. Do you know what American nymphing's called? Snagging. That's the American no, nymphing. It's called a Marinimphin is snagging because we're too fucking lazy to actually catch fish. We'll just hook them in the ass and pull them in and take a picture. Or is it? Uh... I hardly ever bring anything in by the ass because I don't fish fucking Pat's rubber legs. Or is it? Is it streamer fishing? Is streamer fishing a mara fishing? Mm. Well, that is too. It's some meat checking. Uh-huh. Meat checking. Check I don't your, know. I'm gonna start hashtagging a Marinimph. Every Check time somebody meat. says Euro nymphing, I'm gonna be like, Marinimphin. I'm a Marinimphin. Give me some free Check your meat. C Z E C H. I only throw meat on my meat. moonshine rod. Ooh. I love it when people type. When you people get, put check. C H E C K. I'm like, oh, Check. Oh, dang. You, you, guys, you guys are doing that check nymphing. Q U E. Oh, C H E Q U E? Even better. Hell yeah. They don't need no Z in there. Why no. do you put a Z in there? You don't even say it. You know you know who you can Amerifish with? Amerifish. You can Amerifish with uh, 5280 Angler. Yes! They are busy Ooh, all the time. Especially in the wintertime. So, yes. uh, if you're searching for the expert guides and uh, expert guitar players also, Ben's no hack. Dang, that dude. No, come. he's not. Um, he's on it. For fly fishing fun on the front range, be sure to check out 5280 Angler. Whether you're looking to sharpen your skills on the South Platte, plan the perfect date, host the ultimate party on the water, 5280 Angler has your trip covered. The guides at 5280 have the passion, skill, and experience to serve you. Find web specials at 5280angler.com and check out recent trip picks on Facebook and Instagram at 5280 Angler. 5280 Angler is... Passionate about service and wild about fish. Wild. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they've been. Uh, and they love marinimping. They love to marinimp. I think they actually offer a uh, check nymphing uh, guide trip. I know they I offer it in car. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. They'll do whatever, man. They're not yeah, a I think so. 
Yeah. Nope. They know what the game is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I just feel I just feel cultured enough as is. I don't need to try all this other stuff. <laughs> oh, I don't. Dude. I drink British tea. I have uh, I have camouflage flip flops on just because I'm not cultured enough as it is. You know what? I drink American IPAs and I drink American bourbon whiskey. So is I'm all a, about America. That's an American Indian pale ale. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Native American Indian pale ale. I only drink American Hefeweizen. What? I drink American pale ales. I, I drink it. I drink Dales. That's what I drink. Dales. There you go. Dales pale ale. I don't know. I just don't see the difference. Like, I I do a lot of like high stick and tight line kind of nymphing where I've got a little bit more weighted fly on the bottom. And when I can see fish and it's like clear and I'm fishing a specific run, I'll take the indicator off and do that shit all day and hammer fish. But, you know, I don't know if I don't call it euro nymphing. It's just pulling the indicator off and doing what works for the conditions. So I don't know what the difference is as far as like, you know, the different gear that you guys use to do that stuff. And I don't know. Ooh. I'm not sophisticated enough to understand it all. I can tell you if you want to know. Oh, I think we do want to know. Educate me. Rob, look up. So, so here's the difference. It's, uh, it's minimal. Um, here's what I'll tell you. So you, when you do that, you're using a floating fly line and a nine-foot leader, right? But none of my so, fly lines touching the water. I understand, but it's a floating fly line. Okay. So that fly line has an air core to it that, that creates sag. So what what I started in, in the whatever you want to call it, European style nymphing, what I started with was I took a floating fly line and I added a eighteen to twenty-four foot mono leader to it. So when I was fishing the only thing running through my guides was mono, which is stiffer than your floating fly line. Right. So all it is is a feel thing, right? Like I am, my line has less sag, so it's directly connected to the fly going through the water column. So theoretically and, and probably probably realistically, I feel more than you feel with a floating line. Even if you only have two feet of floating line going through, through your guides, you have more sag, so you have less direct connection to that fly. It's just and, and, and BJ, look at Scott when you decide to tight line that again. Don't look at the fly line that's out of the end of your rod. Look at the fly line that's going through each one of your eyes. Sorry, BJ, yeah. go ahead. Yep. So then, what I what I quickly discovered with so that would be what's called a mono rig, uh, commonly. So it's a it's a twenty some foot mono leader. You know, the mono is actually on your reel and running through your guides and, and connected to a tippet ring, which you run down a, a some whatever kind of fluoro tippet to your flies, right? So what I discovered with that was it, it was extremely effective for specifically that kind of fishing, but it was very limited in I couldn't do other styles of fishing, right? So for me, my primary style is to do that tight line style with nymphing. So what I went and did was I went and bought a scientific angler mono core fly line. So I bought fly line that has mono in the core. So it's stiffer. And that 
what that did was with that mono rig, I could maybe fish out 15 to 20 feet. Now I can fish out 20 to 30 feet and I can throw dry flies if I need to. I can throw an indicator on it if I need to, because I have line floats. Uh, mostly. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's I mean, like I, a fly line that does, hasn't been treated any, it, it, yeah, it'll so float, but it hasn't been treated. You're pretty much with that style. You're not going to let the line ride on the water. You're going to uh, do more of a tight connection to your indicator, right? You want to keep the line off the water. See, here's the thing out here. A lot of our water is smaller streams. It's spring creeks. It's, you know, small freestone streams. Um, you're not fishing 40, 50, 60 feet out, except for, I mean, in my area, one river. There's only one river that I fished that's maybe 100 feet wide. Everything else is 30, 40 feet. And those fish are very finicky. And, and it's just probably the same way out there. Like, you don't want to have 20 feet of fly line riding on the water above your indicator out there, I would assume, right? I mean, you, you want to keep that shit pretty tight. I do. And, and in some instances, you're even picking that line off the water, right? So from your indicator yeah, down is connected but from your indicator up it's not same concept except with the monocore line my like i said my predominant style is to do that tight lining so that is 75 percent of how i fish so that is the best setup for the way i fish um, so if i was if i'm going to it's a little different because i don't have you know i'm i'm fishing a lot to a, a fish that are 30 40 feet away from me correct because and so how, like, if you walk up to the river and mm -hmm. it's gin fucking clear, how do you get close enough to those fish to be able to tight line without spooking them? Um, well, here's what I'll tell you. You, you. If you took a couple days and came out to central Pennsylvania, not to speak too high of this area, but... I would um, I would tell anybody, and listen, I haven't fished out where you guys are at, but some of the streams in central Pennsylvania are the most the spookiest fish I've ever come across in my life. And they're wild brown trout. And, like, I was fishing a, a well-known, famous stream, and it was December. And there was – so out here, a lot of these spring creeks look like flooded farm fields. It's the only way I can describe them. They're very marshy. There's water in the grass. And so what happens is in the winter, the grass has water in it and it freezes, right? So it creates a layer of ice. I was walking to what would be the bed of the stream because there really aren't beds of the stream because, it, like I said, it looks like a flooded marsh. I stepped on a piece of ice and cracked it. And 60 feet away, I watched an 18-inch brown trout take off in the stream. I mean, these, right. these fish are fucking crazy. It's like carp fishing. Yeah. It's dead on, same as carp fishing, right? Like, I've I've gone carp fishing where I've walked around a corner, not being stupid, step on a stick, and a carp 50 feet away, fucking gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, trout are typically dumber, honestly, in my opinion. Right. So, um, but you got to look at what you're fishing, man. I mean, if you're, if you're fishing the fish that are 40 feet out, you're, you're, if you're trying to tight line to them, you're, it's the wrong style. Um, right. You know, I'm fishing. So what I do is I start on the Creek bed. Um, 
and and I'm fishing the the near shore, right? And I'm just working my way out five feet at a time. Right? That's what I do. And it, I think that's what you should do, whether you're tight lining or indicator fishing or anything, right? Like Rob, we've talked about that before. Like everybody wants to walk out and throw your shit in the deepest hole and fish to the 15 fish you see, but you miss out on eight that you didn't see that probably would have ate faster than them 15 you were fishing to, you know? So it's, um, a lot of it, it's, it's the type of water you're fishing and, and, you know, different styles to fish that different system. But, but with what I fish and, and monocore fly line and I run, it's about a 10 to 12 foot leader typically, um, I'll throw streamers, I'll throw indicator rigs, I'll I'll throw everything on that. And like I said, what what I fish, I can get 30, 40 feet out with that rig and be plenty good. But if I'm I'll tell you this, if I'm going brook trout fishing on a small brook trout stream, I'm not taking that setup. I'm taking my seven and a half foot three weight and I'm throwing dry flies and floating line and you know usually seven and a half foot leaders because that's what fits that water system i think the problem with with the european style shit is everybody wants to try and apply it and think it's the best method for everything it ain't right it's, it's not i mean there's guys in wyoming fishing tailwaters that are gonna throw a thingamabobber and some fucking midges and catch more fish than you're gonna catch trying to tight line that shit out of the back of a drift boat i mean it's just yeah. Honestly, it's common sense, right? I mean, well, I mean, there was one one time uh, fishing down on the San Juan, and I was in the front of the boat and had a buddy in the back of the boat, and that's what he was doing. He was just yeah. tightlining, nymphing, and you know, in one section of the river, he didn't touch a fish for an hour, and then we yeah. hit another section of the river where it got a little skinnier, and there were like boulders and lots of stuff under there. And there were fish kind of scattered around and holding in a lot of different little spots. And man, he had a better feel on it than I did. And, you know, I wasn't able to really adapt my, uh, my rig fast enough for the changing conditions. And he just hammered fish every time, you know, he'd let one go, he'd throw his shit back in and, and, you know, grab another one. And, you know, I maybe pulled five or six fish out of that stretch and he pulled 20. But, you know, he went an hour without a fish and I had 15, 20 in that stretch, you know, so it's, but it just, like you said, that's kind of, that's kind of my point too, is that it's not a one size fits all, you know, you got to have a lot of arrows in the quiver to kind of cover all the different waters that you're fishing. But I did have a question on the, uh, on the mono setup, because like, Back in the in my bass fishing days, um, you know, I'd fish like jig heads, lead head jigs with soft plastics and stuff like that for smallmouth. Where you're fishing in deep water, I'd winter fish. These fish are holding in 45 to 50 feet of water, and mm-hmm. you're basically tight lining, and you're you're feeling your way along the bottom to feel if it's rock or whatever, and you feel that little thump when the fish bites. Um, and I found that fluoro is way more sensitive. I mean, when I made the switch from a copolymer or a mono to fluoro, I was setting the hook every half a second because I thought, well, there's a fish, there's a fish. And it was just bouncing on rocks that I didn't feel previously. So why would you not use, I mean, I went to like, some guys were using 
mono with like a 10, 15 foot floral leader. I just started using Seaguar Floro as the only line on my rods. But why wouldn't you do a, a, like a floral setup for that, that rather than mono being, you know, my experience, it's a little more sensitive to the, to the field aspect of it. Here's, here's what I run, and, and I was explaining this to Rob last week. So a common mistake people make with this type of fishing is, so I run um, 20 or, or 15 pound, depends on the type of water I'm setting up for, but I run 20 or 15 pound mono, either uh, amnesia or chameleon, and then I run that straight to my indicator tippet, which is I run a 3X, which I think is like 10 pound correct me if I'm, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, so I run 18 inches or so, you know, that dual color, bicolor indicator tippet, and I end that with a, with a tippet ring, right? So that entire portion of my setup never should touch the water. And then from that tippet ring to my fly, I typically run either six pound cigar or four pound cigar fluoro straight to my flies and and the key to that is you never change your tippet um because you want that direct connection in the same diameter all the way down to the fly and some of that has to do with water drag and hydrodynamics and all that scientific shit that some people like me tend to pay attention to and others don't but you, you want to have a uniform uh diameter of, of tippet because you know, the hydrodynamics, that water flowing um, near the top of the water is running slower than that water flowing at the bottom. So if you have a thicker diameter at the top, it's going to drag more and the smaller diameter is going to rip along and you're not going to be directly connected. But it's small things that, to me, make a big difference. Think, think, think about what he's saying right there, Scott. It makes a little bit sense. If you're running, if if you are having that mono or that quote cider touching the water, it's going to be a mono, and the piece that's connected from the tippet ring down to your flies on your are going to be fluorocarbon. So that's going to sink straight to the bottom. So you're fishing a different water column than you are with this with the indicator. The indicator is at the top. There's nothing to slow that current down. So what happens to your flies at the bottom? They pull faster when they're being pulled by that indicator so what bj is saying is that by having that mono as that cider and the fluorocarbon being dropped straight to the bottom you're kind of counterbalancing those two currents because the water on the bottom is going to be moving a lot slower because it's going against rocks and debris and shit that's on the bottom it's slowing it down that's where the fish like to hang especially this time of year on the bottom so the mono is kind of slowing down because it doesn't sink as fast as the fluorocarbon you understand what i'm saying mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of the premise i think of the the whole whole thing is that you're fishing yeah. a different water column and a different speed by uh doing the check nymphing but that's Here's i mean that's what i'm so, getting out of it so basic and and i don't want to get uh whatever I'm a I'm a math guy. So basic hydrodynamics, right? If you look at, at any liquid flowing through a pipe, the liquid in the center is flowing at the fastest velocity versus the liquid at the outside has friction and everything else. It's slowing it down. So, yeah. you know, stream dynamics are no different, right? So the water... Because you've got surface tension 
that you may not Correct. have pipe, but you've got surface tension at the top that's slowing down that water, and then the water just below that's going faster. Water just yeah. below that's going faster. You get to the center, it's going the fastest, and then as you approach the bottom of the river, it starts to slow. Slows down. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there's stuff that's slowing it down. Um, and Scott, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I fished a butt ton in Colorado, and I know what you're saying about the site fishing uh, aspect of it. And and yeah, man, I mean, the last three days I have done nothing but run an indicator because the place I'm fishing is uh, is a lot bigger. Uh, the fish are holding in spots that it's tough to get a good drift uh, with that with the euro rod so you know the way i look at it is any tool i can put in my box man i'm gonna i'm gonna do it but i'm learning as well too is that you can take some of the rigging aspects from euro nymphing and apply that to your indicator fishing uh my rigging that i am that i'm doing now when i throw on my indicator is uh it's not that it's totally different than what i've done for years and years and years it's that uh, I'm starting to see, hey, man, it's okay if I do this instead of put my flies here and my split shot here. I'm, I'm trying to get in quicker contact with the bottom, and I want that feel of the Euro Nymph when you're, when you're ticking along, ticking along, and you can just feel the bottom when you're Euro Nymphing. I want that to kind of calibrate the same as it is what I've got an indicator on. And, you know, I mean – it's it's uh it's it's actually kind of cool, Scott. I think that I fished with you enough. I think that if you picked it up, and and said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna try it for real," and just committed to it for about a day, you would be like, "Okay, I understand what you're trying to say, and it's making sense and computing in that head," you know. So I mean, well, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of times in the in the front range in Colorado, you fish in those tailwaters and that spooky fish and super clear and winter flows where you're, you know, you can pump 2000 CFS through there and then you go up there in the winter time and it's 60. Right. And those fish are pressured and that water is super, super clear. And I mean, you, you can't throw an indicator. They see that indicator coming down the surface of the river and they move out of the way. Mm hmm. Yeah, know, and and also, and you so think I do a lot of tight line nymphing. I just, I just, you know, as far as doing a different rig setup, the one thing I will do uh, when I pull the indicator off and and do some more tight line, it's all maybe like throw some tungsten putty or a small split shot or something between my between my flies to get a little different drift, so I get a little better feel for the bottom versus having you know all that stuff kind of under the indicator. Because I when I fish indicators, I don't like hang everything from the indicator it's not like the indicator's there and and it's floating my flies along the bottom i have the indicator on there and i mend the line so that the indicator's telling me what the split shot's doing down there what my bugs are doing down there visually um yeah. but yeah when i when i am in the right situation where you got to do it I'll, i'm I'm all over taking the indicator off and, and changing my rig up a little bit, but you know, so I, I, I'll definitely, uh, I'd have to try it and see, you know, for myself just to kind of really understand the difference between what I'm doing when I'm tight lining versus what you know, the definition of kind of the, the Euro nymphing style. 
and and BJ it's and I purely, were talking about this too. Is that if you get somebody's like, oh man, hey, I got this ten foot nymphing rod, or I got this eleven foot switch rod, and you try it with that, it's not it's not the same feel. The 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 rod itself, the Euro rod, is super whippy at the top. I mean, super super soft. Yeah. So it's uh, you're not going to get the same feel if you were to take that switch rod that I sent you and try to go out there and tight line. It's not the same. Uh, but you know, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'd tell you. So like, like most of the, those t- type of rods, they, they're more like a five weight in the butt and they got a super soft tip. I mean, it's super uh, soft, man. So, Ridiculous. you know, I got friends that go up to Lake Erie and catch steelhead on 11 foot three weights because it has a, you know, it has the, the backbone to it to, to handle those fish. Um, but really, Scott, and, and the butt section, and the butt section to handle that fish too. Yep. But really, Scott, the difference that, that you're referencing is it's it's um it's probably fractional, but it it does make a difference. You know, it's it's a field difference. It's you know when when you drop that indicator, you might feel a bite, but you don't feel every rock. And that's that's the kind of differences that you find between the two setups. Like like if I'm tight lining and you know with my my 11 foot three weight and I got the weight right and all that shit. Like I can feel every single rock I touch. Like you're just more in tune with what's going on than other setups. I guess is what I would say. But the it's biggest it's, deal. Oh, go ahead, BJ. Sorry. But but it's got to be my recommendation to anybody is set up for what you fish 70% of the time. Do not set up for, you know, I'm not going to take my freaking eight weight that I throw big freaking meat streamers on and throw indicators on it because it's, it's 5% of 10% of how I fish, you know, 10% of the time when water's high and I'm fishing a big stream, I'll take my a weight out and rip some six, seven, eight inch freaking streamers out there. But I'm not going to throw indicator rigs on it because it's it's overkill. It's too much. It's, you know, I don't have control, right? It's all power, all that shit. Um, same way with, with the, with the you know, long rods. I would say a lot of people who indicator fish would benefit more from a 10-foot rod than a 9-foot rod. I, I would 100% believe, you know, agree with that. And it's no different than my, my – uh, Steelhead Lake Run Rainbow Rod is a ten foot seven weight, you know. <laughs> so it's the same reason. Um, but set up to what you're going to fish most of the time, and and you know if you want to get into this this game, it's out there. I I tell you to look at the waters you fish first, because you know if you're if you're throwing. You know if you love to throw dry flies and you're throwing freaking sixty seventy foot casts. Yeah, you probably don't need to waste your money buying a freaking eleven foot three weight, dude. Like, if, right. buy what you love to do. You know, buy a freaking nine foot four weight and spend your money on some good line and freaking cast that bitch. You know, but most of the stuff I th- fish is thirty feet wide or less and tight, and you know, I'm fishing two feet of water and then six feet of water and then four feet of water. And I'm not going to be sliding in a freaking indicator up and down all day. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. other benefit is 
you know, I can fish anything from six inches to six feet and really not have any difference. So that's all. That's all I got to say about that. That works. That works. <laughs> Bam. I'll try it, man. So, I just, and that's info. the thing. It's like, I don't know if I, I don't really have the setup because it sounds to me like the rod is a big part of that. Yes, it is. Yeah, I tell you this, man. I mean, I started out, and dude, I started out on my nine foot five weight, and I just put a mono rig on it and started fishing it on the small streams, and it worked. I mean, dude, I'll I'll use the same. I'll use a mono rig on my seven and a half foot three weight for certain brook. You know, if I'm fishing for brook trout and the dries aren't working, I'll throw a freaking one of my. I, I tie a. Uh, I make a nine foot kind of shorty uh mono rig for my my uh seven and a half foot three weight that i'll use on brook trout streams has a you know it has the indicator tippet on it and i run you know same setup um but it's not the same as running that 11 foot three weight with the mono well, like I've, got a, I've got a 10 foot four weight tfo bbk probably yeah. not a good rod for that yeah, but I'd tell you if you ran the the twenty five to thirty foot mono rig on it, that's how I'd tell you to try it. Don't go buy a rod. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't, don't go I'm, buy a rod. I'm buying the stuff. Yeah, I would tell you. Um, there's uh, Dominic that runs uh, a, a a blog called Trout Bitten has many articles on the mono rig. Read it. Run one of his setups. I did it for a year before I made the full plunge. Like, and I, I can send you something too, Scott. I have a basic diagram of, of you know, the mono rig and shows you what it is. Um, the biggest complaint that I get so far about it is when I, uh, like, people ask, hey, did you go fishing? Yeah, I went Euro nymphing the other day. That's what people get pissed off about. Yes. <laughs> I start laughing. <laughs> no, I, I would tell you, like, that rod you got, Scott, it's perfect for throw a 25, 30 foot mono rig on it, go get some 20 foot or 20-pound chameleon, tie a couple liters, get some 3X indicator tippet, some, you know, you can try it out for $30, right? Like, well, what else? Say it, that's the other thing. Like, all the stuff that you're describing to me as far as what your your setup is rigged up with is all pretty uh, inexpensive stuff. I mean, it's a lot yep. cheaper than buying Rio Floroflex and, and all the other shit that we're, that we're getting, up, you know, for typical nymph mm -hmm. fishing. Yeah, I mean, even even that uh, that like I buy the scientific angler. I forget what they call it, but it's the monocore competition. I think they call it Flyline or Rio makes one, and uh, Cortland has one. They're only like fifty bucks or less for the freaking Flyline itself. If you want to go, you know, all in. So I tell anybody mono rig, fish that for a year, see if it works for what you're fishing and what you're trying to do, and then you know. Don't go buy a freaking three hundred dollar rod and and all that shit, dude. Like three. Don't go drop five bills. Yeah, Jeez. if you spend more than three's cheap. If you spend more than if you spend more than three fifty on a rod, your your name's Rob Griggs. So <laughs> I knew I knew that shit was about to come out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at one right now that I've been wanting forever. Oh dang! Sage ESN. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I bought so my first rod I bought was off Landon. It was a uh, Gray's Streamflex XF3. It was an 11 foot three weight, and that fucking thing rocked, dude. 
but Gray's got bought by Hardy, and then you can't get him in the States, and I broke that fucker. Nice. So when I sent it back, that all got bought by, uh, I forget the name of the outfit, but whoever owns Fenwick and all that shit um, owns the whole gamut now. So, what? But what they actually did was they said, hey, any Fenwick rod you want, you can get. So I ended up getting a Fenwick World Class 11-foot 3-weight, and it's it's plenty good for me, dude. I mean, I'm sure a $700 freaking rod would be phenomenal, but, dude – I'm only casting 20 feet. Like I really don't need the freaking Scott rod for that. Even though Scott won't get in the ESN game. So, yeah, you know, they have one. That. No, they don't. I no, it was Sage. Sorry. You're right. There's a Sage yeah, ESN 11 foot three weight right now for 485 on eBay. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, can I borrow your credit card? Yeah. yeah, man. I just send it over. Steve, Steve, happy, happy, happy Valentine's Day. Love, Rob Griggs. Thank you, Rob. I love you. Uh, heart kisses. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. Uh, and don't forget about March. Don't forget about March 14th. By the way, St. Patrick's Day. Day can be Day. Yeah, my man. Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That is your that's your official crash course into uh, Euro Euro nymphing. No, you are I'm now doing a, I'm doing a lot of peer pressure. Hey Scotty, you are if you now want, officially Euro trash. Yeah. yeah. If you want, I think I bought the um, God damn it! What was that first video? Modern nymphing, BJ. Is that the first one they put out? Mm, yeah, uh, Lance and uh, what's his name? Lance and Devin. Yeah, Devin. Yeah, yeah. modern nymphing. I got. I bought that on Vimeo, so I can give you the password and all that shit if you want to watch it. it goes you for should watch it, really. Scott. I think you would like it. And then get dynamic nymphing after that. Yeah, and then get a tattoo after that. I'm gonna and then... make a video. I'm gonna make a video called American nymphing. <laughs> That's so awesome. And then start wearing a derby hat everywhere and talking in a fake British accent. Oh, yeah, you gotta yeah, wear the... full on Euro. You got to wear the derby hat backwards, though. And then start talking about chalk streams. I'm going to stop wearing good call. <laughs> start to get all shitty. Stop brushing your teeth. I'm going to wear braces to make my teeth all fucking crooked and shit. Tell yes. everybody about how many rod fees you've paid to fish chalk streams this year. Over yes. in the Euro. And put a sock in your uh, pants before you go out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Goodness. Yeah. I think you would pick it up quickly, Scott. I think you would pick oh, it up quickly. Hey, I just saved you a shit ton of money, so. Yeah. <laughs> you switch me to Geico? <laughs> yeah. You saved you 15%. <laughs> or more. Yeah. Well, I can tell you one thing. I've got I've got bulk spools of four-pound and six-pound Tigar, so. You're gold. I'm there. That's my jam I've right there. Chameleon. I've got like 30 pound, 20 pound, 17 pound chameleon. Mm. Yep. You're good. On both spools. 12, I mean, I don't know 12 pounds is my go to for streamers. I don't, think, I don't think I've bass fished in, in fucking 10 years or more. If it ain't touched the water, you're gold, right? I mean, I mean, it's not like it's been in the sun. It's in a. Yeah. It hasn't been wet or in the sun. I, it's good. Golden it's like canned food, man. That shit will last like five decades 
It's true. I mean, McDonald's hamburgers will last 20 years. Yeah. Spam's good for like 60. That's like true it. also. Spam's good for never. That's what Spam is. I love Spam. That is kidding me? Bacon-flavored Spam? But you, you'll eat ground-up pig's that ass. Oh, that's fucking good. As Scrapple. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather have Spam than pig ass. No, I'd rather spam have is probably pig ass, actually. Man. We're splitting hairs right now is what we're doing. All right, lighten like, it up, Steve. <laughs> what, give us another topic that's lightened it up Speaking a little bit. We get ass. pretty educated out here. Yeah, I was real educated right there. God damn. Yeah. So now I'm hungry for Scrapple, and I'm in Scrapple land right now, so eastern, eastern Pennsylvania. Actually, like going fishing. When are you going fishing? When have you been fishing? What do you guys? Uh, oh yeah, guys, who's what doing what? Let's go. I don't fish anymore. I just talk about it. Thank you. I don't fish, <laughs> yeah, I don't fish either. I'm just the host of a weeks. fishing podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Next, Rob. You. Oh, I fished uh, last week. I fished every day. Uh, let's see. It's Tuesday. I fished yesterday. I'm going to fish tomorrow, and then I'm going to fish Thursday. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. Going are you to fish? Do? Are you fishing or taking people fishing? No, no, no. I'm fishing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see. I fished the South Fork uh, last Friday. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the Friday before that, and it fished pretty good. Then the Oahe, they bumped the flows up from 100 on Monday to 175 on Wednesday to 250 on Friday. Fished that. And fished in town a butt ton of some areas that we can be guiding at, uh, hopefully here soon when the weather warms up a little bit. So that's it. But I do miss, I do miss the big, big stocker fish, man. I love wild fish, but damn, dude, I, I want some shit that's like eight, nine pounds. <laughs> you want yeah. some obese ass fish? fish. Yeah. I miss that. Stalker ranches up there? No. There's no. got to be something. Come on. Let me, I'm, I'm going to say you, this. Oh, hey, hold oh. on. Hold on. I'm telling you, there's not. The only, I mean, the, I mean, we can go up where Aaron's guiding at Clearwater. That's like seven and a half hours away. That's, hey, Rob. Yeah. Do you do you have the ability to guide a, guide hashtags question or, or, or what the fuck are those? Those aren't hashtags. hashtags. Yeah, air quotes. quotes. Do you have the ability to guide a trip in Wyoming? No, but I can set you up with some dudes. No. Mm-hmm. I just got told tonight about some uh, a place that you got a horseback in for a day to trout fish in so, Wyoming. BJ, you should know better than that. If I cannot see the fucking truck or the trailer, I ain't fishing there, dude. All right, well, then I'll take Scott and Steve. So crazy. fuck you, Rob. I will kill a yeah. horse. You're going to have to substitute a uh, horse for a uh, side-by-side razor. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to need a four-wheeler because I will fuck a horse's back up. Yeah. Okay, I'll go by myself. Fuck it. And fish. My freaking balls will be so chafed after riding a damn horse in for a mile. Fuck. Right? That is the oh. worst. So a long time ago, I did a snowmobile trip out, out in Wyoming. I'll, I'll do one of those. I got told tonight about the same ranch does a – Private horseback in fish for three days. Freaking used to be owned by Ted Turner, some kind of bullshit. So, Ooh. 
I'm looking into it. Dude, I would do well, that for Ted some gold it, Seriously. If Ted Turner owned it, there's got to be a road. There's yeah. got to be a road. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. like the ranch down in... Uh, on, we just got to look on Google Earth and we'll find a way in. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the ranch down in that town, man. There's there's roads to everything in there, so... Yeah. You just, brother, can't, take, brother can't afford to get on we'll that just one. Rent a, we'll rent a helicopter. Fuck it. <clears throat> okay, I'm in. Dude, I will tell you, I mean, like, I'll fucking, I went toe-to-toe with the mountain lion. I will wrestle a fucking alpaca, but horses scare the shit out of me. Horses scare the shit out of me. I'll fucking, I'll fucking take two alpacas on at the same time. But, man, those horses just fucking scare me. They Ever just, since. Like, they're dumb, and they just weigh so much, and they could just, like, sneeze and fart at the same time and accidentally kill you. Like just just accidentally <laughs> pin you between them and the fence and pop your right. freaking head. Ever since Scott ever since Scott went to that bachelor party when he turned twenty at the strip joint in Tijuana, he does not like horses nor donkeys. Yeah, not even not even ponies. No. <laughs> ponies. Horse, horses are bad news, man. No way. We're going to get all the hate from all the Cowboys now. Yeah, but there ain't no real Cowboys left. So what? Tarnation? You're going to Wyoming. It's totally, like, emasculating because, like, I hang out with, you know, I see people like like 12-year-old girls just, like, manhandling these horses, and I'm running away screaming like, you know, a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Well, all right, all right. Full disclosure. So I had a little bit of a traumatic experience. <laughs> Here it comes Tijuana. <laughs> they have a little PTSD, and it was not in Tijuana. It was actually on the coast of Washington in a little little uh, seaside town called Ocean Shores, where the horses go to die. Oh, and uh, plot twist. Yeah, so people like I don't know if they're like rescues or you know, like people get rid of their horses, and these people over in Ocean Shores, like they they get them and and they they tie them all to a freaking trailer and you go pay money to go on a little horseback ride down the beach well these horses do not like their lives very much and they're just sitting there pissed off they all got their ears back they're all ready to just kick some ass and so everybody gets on their horse and there's like the lead horse person that works there and they we all go off in a little horse chain train and and you know whatever well we got about I don't even know, a half a mile, three quarters of a mile away. And my horse decided, man, fuck this noise. I'm going back over there where the food is. And this thing turned around. I was like 12 years old. This thing turned around and at a full fucking sprint started running for the goddamn like trailer. I've never ridden a horse. I'm 12 years old. Like, I don't even know what the fuck to hold on to. This thing's going like 67 miles per hour. Down the beach, hauling ass. I'm trying to hold on, World's and I'm like, the airborne. I go up in the air, come down, smash my balls like nine times, and then I finally just said, "This is how I'm going to die." And I let the fuck go and fell off this horse at you know like 78 miles an hour, rock four, and drilled drilled into the fucking sand. And yeah, it was uh, it was scary. I was pretty sure I was going to die at that moment so there's that well maybe bluetooth dan needs to take you out 
Yeah. Dude, he, his horse tried to fucking kill him. He knows what he's doing, and he ended up with like a broken fucking spine and broken ribs and all fucked up because one of his horses just like had the hiccups or some shit. He's like, yeah, he had a fucking stomach cramp and it like freaked out and drove me through a fence and came down on top of me and broke, busted me up in 19 places. And I'm like, you know what the fuck you're doing? Like. I don't have any, like, no, I'm, I'm not at all qualified to be around those monsters. No. Horse, they, horses they, falling. I get around horses and they're like, eh, there's something off about this dude. They know, they sense that, like, uneasiness and they're just like, okay, this isn't working. They're smart. Dude, no. I'm with you on that one, Scott. I don't do horses very well. I mean, no. mm, not not a fan. Not a fan. Sorry. But But BJ, I will fucking put put like like a good man does. I will suppress all that shit. I will push it down. I will push it down. <laughs> and you know, so maybe some other day it will boil up and explode. But for now I will push it down. I will get on a horse and ride for a mile to go trout fish with you in Wyoming. It's a mile? Noted. No, it's a whole day on horse. So oh, two days on. I it's two a mile. <laughs> Man, no, this thing, this thing just went from a mile to fourteen <laughs> miles uphill one day. I'm fucking, oh, dude, I'm walking. That's it. it sounds just like when my dad talks about grade school. Oh, right? dude, I'm gonna get yeah. No, I'm gonna get one of those like I'm gonna get one of those off road like track wheelchair things, power wheelchair things that some of the like veterans, injured veterans and shit mm. have. You ever go to the project healing waters and you see the dude on the fucking like track thing where you can drive that thing up over logs and shit. Yeah, we'll, one of those. We'll get you an off-road segue. That would be such, I mean, literally go, such segue. a leisurely. Fucking and if it doesn't ride. work out, you can be a mall cop. So everything will be good. <laughs> shit. I'll just fucking helicopter in there. Yeah. Don't drop me. No. No, I'll never get in a helicopter. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the one thing I'll stay out of. I, you know, I'm actually a pilot. <laughs> I am. I'm a private pilot and have flown many different airplanes. I've never been in a helicopter. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah, me either. Never will. Not that I wouldn't go if I was invited, but nobody's ever invited me. Yeah, don't invite me on a helicopter. I don't care who you are. I've, I've jumped out of airplanes, I've bungee jumped, I've done all that shit, but never been in a helicopter. No. I had a dream where I died in a helicopter crash, so. Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. Look at, uh, too soon, but look at Kobe. Exactly. Like, I ain't getting in no goddamn helicopter. Well, airplanes, exactly. like, you know, the engine craps out in an airplane, then, okay, change the plan, but I'm in a glider. Engine craps out in a fucking helicopter, and oh, uh oh, uh, we're in a fucking rock and we're dropping yep. out of the sky. Exactly. There you go, people. Euro nymphing, fear of helicopters, fear of horses. We hit everything we need some on the fucking tonight. therapy up in here. If any listeners are like licensed therapists, please reach out and help us. Yeah. You know what? We're going to, I'll put out a little thing tomorrow, dude. We got to hit some more topics. Because <laughs> these these ones are good, but we just we kind of go off the rails a little bit. Oh, that's part of our charm. That is true. That is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, so we glad- just gave the greatest synopsis on European style nymphing that I've heard in Ever. years. 
Yeah. Ever. Ever. So. Good. Yeah. I, I like that your your phone is like barely in coverage. So most of the time it sounded like you're like, you're uh, nipping with mono fly. It came yeah, across okay on this end, but it was rough. Yeah. I won't lie. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. We got the gist of We're it. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Who, mine? Yeah. <laughs> I stayed at the freaking Marriott tonight just to have better internet for you fuckers. Hello, dating. Well, sir. 200 a night for 2.5 megs. Yeah. They, I ain't even getting half this room expense, you fuckers. <laughs> Show some appreciation, Briggs. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait till I get my incidentals tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Porn, 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 Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes, I'll fucking order the extra good Wi-Fi service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. So you're spring well, for it. well, I'm getting excited because let's see, what's today? The what's today? The eleventh. Eleventh. Like yep. So I'm we're exactly ten days away from San Juan, baby. Whoop. You guys are gonna have a blast, dude. That's gonna be fun. Oh yeah. We always do. So we got a we got like nineteen people going. Oh shit, yeah. We got six boats and a whole bunch of fucking rejects. So we're gonna have who, who you guys time. gonna pit who are you guys gonna piss off this year and how many citations am I gonna see? None. 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 We, we've cleared out the riffraff, but I'm going to miss Steve. I'm going to miss Steve's measuring stick. Yeah, I won't be there. Uh, oh, you're not going. Womp. Damn. No, nah, I'm, dude. I'm too busy. Tammy just started a new job. It's fucking hectic mm. right now. So, who's going? Who's going to be locally down there? James going or? Yeah, and boys. Um, let's see. Chuck will be there. Jonathan. Um, I don't think the Shannon. Uh, nope. Uh, heard from him. The Wright brothers will not be there. They're working. Um, goddamn people are too goddamn busy out there. Denny's going to be there. Um, Sean showing up. No. Damn. He ain't even on Facebook. James, no more, is, bringing so. his, James is bringing his boys. Yeah. So there's that, and then uh, from up here, Clint and Keith and Kurt and uh, Ron Brown and Brittany and who else? I don't know. All the local yokels. What sounds like a Colorado invasion is what it sounds like. Well, Sir Mac and uh, Trainer are coming from Arizona, so we got we got people coming from the West too. So we are converging on that shit. So yeah, it'll be a good time, man. Someday, that's on my my short list. So, hell yeah, man! You come out here. All you got to do is get yourself to Denver, and we'll take care of that. We'll get you to Wyoming. We'll get you down to New Mexico. We'll get you all over Colorado. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I gotta do a better job of of keeping track of frequent flyer miles and (laughs) maybe getting myself a free flight out of this bitch. There you go. Well, I tried to sneak down there a week and a half ago, but uh, everybody was gone. So I said, screw it. I'm not coming down. Bathrooms were having to be remodeled. When we're here. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. Hey, you can come to to Pennsylvania anytime you want. I'll be here for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, this is probably the closest. This is probably the closest I've ever been to BJ. Yeah, right. <laughs> to a BJ or me? No, yeah, you. So. Oh, okay. Damn, I'm in the same time zone. BJ's at least hollering his yeah. ass off. East coast. East coast. What'd you say, Steve? I said BJ's hollering his ass off. Oh, what the fuck's his deal is? No, mm-hmm. bourbon. Bourbon. The deal is bourbon. Bourbon is my deal. I lost my volume control. <laughs> <laughs> I like bourbon is causing me volume edit issues. Yes. All right. When he takes and, his shirt off, that's going to be bad news. Yes. Yep, and, yep. and pine squirrel leeches. That's causing me some mm, volume. Pine squirrel leeches are titties. Mm-hmm. You dudes that like you, you dudes that travel with your fucking fly tying and stuff just amaze me, man. I'm just I have a hard enough time just keeping it all fucking set up on my desk at home, let, let alone <laughs> mobilize with it. I pack enough to tie. Usually, I'll pick two patterns that I'll tie while I'm gone. So for this trip, it was pine squirrel leeches on jig hooks, and then uh, just midges, twenties and twenty twos and twenty fours. Just yeah. filling boxes while I'm out of town. That's all that I'm doing. One, Wintertime prep. That is one thing I have not done is tied the pine squirrel on the jig hook. That sounds kind of cool. Money. Yeah, money. It is money. I usually it tie mine on a twenty four ninety nine SPBL. <laughs> I like that extra wide gap, baby. Mm-hmm. Jig. <laughs> Get jiggy with it. Get jiggy with mm. it. All right. Anything else? I'd be done. Nope. Okay. You guys go to bed. You, what is it? Fucking like 11 o'clock out there? Mm. I don't know. I'm using my phone to podcast, so I can't see what no, time it is. I don't know where I'm at. It's okay. at 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah it's 9. So. Mm-hmm. It's All right. 11. Any famous it's last words? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. all righty then, Will, then you boys be safe out there in the eastern time zone. Yeah. Steve and I will lock it down out here in the mountain. Lockdown. Mm-hmm. Giddy up. Lockdown powder check, bitch. What? What? Mm. what? Just fucking threw my microphone. God damn. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Little down. I got to go put some kids to bed. All right. All right. So, Good night, fellas. Peace out, y'all. All right. Holla. See you, bye. Closing time Open all the doors And let you out Into the world Closing time Turn all of the lights on Over every boy And every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey Or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay